Good morning. Thank you so much for joining with us today, wherever you are. You know, it's so good to join with you today. You know, there's a phrase going around right now that, you know, we are all in this together. And it's so true. It's, it's, it's something we're all going through all around the world, that we're going through this time, this season, 2020, all together. But I just want to t- say today that we are with you in this journey. We are with you as a church, and if you're going through a difficult time right now, we want to be with you through this journey. If you're struggling, if you need some prayer or support, please let us know if that's you today. You can put that in the, put in a, a Connect card and let us know that way, or you can send us an email or give us a phone call. Please don't do this journey alone. We are in this journey together. We are with you. As a church, we are together. We are to be one body, working together, supporting each other. But you know, there's something even greater than the fact that we are with you. And that's that God is with you. God who created the heavens and the earth, He knows you, He loves you, and God is with you wherever you are today. Whatever country you're in around the world, whatever city, whatever town, whatever home, whatever room of your bedroom, room, your bedroom, the lounge room, wherever you are, God is with you today. And, uh, you know, God is the omnipresent God. He is all places, always. Doesn't matter if you go into space, it doesn't matter if you go into the deepest part of the ocean, God is there. You cannot escape from God's presence. And God is with you. Today on this Pentecost Sunday, the title of my message is Not Afraid and Filled with the Power of God. God is with us and we just want to pray right now. Thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you for your presence with us today. We thank you that you go with us always, wherever we are, that you are there with us. And God, I just pray by your spirit this morning that you would move in our hearts, Lord. God, I pray that you would bring courage where there's been discouragement. God, that you bring, uh, Lord, a sense of peace and joy, Lord, in people's hearts today that have maybe been just overcome with uh, a sense of of the, the challenges that they face right now. God, I pray that through this time together, that you would lift our eyes to see you, that we would see you greater, Lord, that we would understand your love for us. Lord, for people who may be joining us the first time, even this morning, that, God, you would help them to understand your love for them, that, Lord, you would fill us with your spirit, that you would empower us to live this life for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to read the the Bible together, and, uh, you know, the Bible is not just a book, it is God's Word to us. It's 66 different books written by 40 different authors that tells one continuous story of, of who God is, of His people, of history, of things God has done, and it reveals to us who we are and what we are like. So this morning, let's open God's Word together and, and let it speak to us. Let it illuminate what God is saying to us today. Uh, we're going to continue this morning from 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 1. Let's read it together now. Therefore, since God in His mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. Now, last time we were looking at that that new way, the freedom that God brings by His Spirit, that ministry that He's brought for us. Since God in His mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick trick anyone or distort the Word of God. We tell the truth before God, and all who are honest know this. If the good news is preached, if the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. 
Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your, your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts, so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but we are not destroyed. So we are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the, suffer in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus, so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. We know that God, who raised the Lord Jesus, will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. Almost finished. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. They produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Have you ever had one of those moments when you realise how fragile life is? Maybe you had an accident, maybe you had something happen in your body, you, you, you were sick, maybe you had um, a near miss in, in a moment you were just doing what you always did in life and something happened and you, you realised how fragile your life was. I've had various moments when I've realised how fragile my life is. Maybe it wasn't even something that happened to you. Maybe something that happened to someone else you love made you realise how fragile life is. I remember when Caleb had really bad croup and we, we took him into hospital and he was airlifted to, Ge to Geelong Hospital. And in that moment, he's, he's struggling to breathe and there was nothing I could do. You know, life is so fragile. It just takes one moment, one, one accident to happen and life is over and there's nothing that we can do. I love how Paul describes it in verse 7 of this passage. He says, we ourselves are like fragile clay jars. I wonder if you ever did pottery at school. Uh, I know we did pottery as part of our art class in school, in secondary school, and I can still smell that smell of, of clay as you walk into, I think it was S3 or S4 maybe, uh, that portable down the back of the school, and as you walk in and you smell that smell of clay, 
and we used to build all kinds of different things out of clay, and some of us were better than others at building things out of clay, and some of you going, yep, that, that's very true. And, you know, some of the things we built, they've lasted, and some of those things, are, they, they, they still exist today. But there are other things that we made, and we gave them to the teacher, and, and they were put in the kiln, but then we got the report back that something had gone wrong in the kiln, and everything had blown up, and all the pieces were destroyed. Clay vases, clay jars are fragile. And you know, we are so fragile. We get hurt. We get broken. We're so vulnerable to to even people, what they say to us. Things that happen in our lives. Our lives are fragile. Now, just to be super clear, I want to just explain that Paul isn't talking about, you know, the the beautiful um, bone china those, those fine china um, clay um, teacups that your, your nana's got in the, in the glass cabinet at her place. Paul's not talking about a beautiful, expensive, exquisite cups here in this passage. What he's talking about is fragile clay jars. And in Paul's time, these were the inexpensive, these were the, the, the jars that they just keep stuff in. It was kind of just like the those cheap tubs from Ikea that you put all the toys in. It's, it's one of those fragile things. It's not that valuable. You just chuck stuff in it. And Paul's saying that, you know, you put expensive treasures in those things to hide them away sometimes. And God has chosen in his grace, in his, in his love, to choose fragile clay jars like you and I to place his great treasure We are nothing special. We are all sinful. We are broken. We are cracked pots. But Jesus has chosen, God has chosen to to place his Holy Spirit inside of us that we could shine for his glory. What what an amazing privilege it is to, to know God, to know his love, to know that Jesus died on the cross for our sin. It is so wonderful. It is amazing. It's the greatest truth you can ever know. But God has chosen to fill us with his glorious presence and power. As I said a little earlier, today is Pentecost Sunday, the day that we remember after Jesus died on the cross, he rose again and he he, he ministered and and taught his disciples for another 40 days. And then in Acts chapter 1, we read about how he, he ascended to the Father and then he said, wait in Jerusalem till the Father sends the gift that he's promised that he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And maybe you think, well, okay, what's that baptism of the Holy Spirit, Andrew? Well, in in John chapter 4, Jesus talks to the woman at the well about this this spirit, this living water that would be like a bubbling spring rising up within us, giving eternal life. John the Baptist in Luke chapter 3, verse 16, talks about how John the Baptist baptized with water, but he said, one is coming who is far greater than I am. I'm not worthy even to untie his sandals. I'm not worthy. But he is coming and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And then just moments later in in those passages, he talks about how he he says, there he is, Jesus is the one who has come. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, before Jesus ascends to the Father, he said to his disciples, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In other words, all over the world, you will be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, when you are baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then in Acts chapter 2, it says, on the day of Pentecost, which 
Pentecost is a celebration. It was a celebration, a festival that the people of Israel had celebrated since the time of Exodus. You know, the Passover is a celebration of how, how God passed over the homes of the Israelites um, and the angel of death didn't, didn't kill the firstborn in their homes. And, and, and as they left Egypt, God told them to celebrate this, this new festival, this festival of weeks, seven weeks in a day, 50 days after Passover, they were to celebrate the Pentecost festival, the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Harvest, it's sometimes called. And it was to celebrate and to remember that God had delivered them and as the, as the Feast of Harvest, that God is the one who is providing for them as, as they walked into the Promised Land, as they went on their way, that God is their provider. He delivered them, He'd saved them, and He was the one that was enabling them to go forward. And it's on this day, the day of Pentecost, which was also 50 days after Jesus gave His life upon the cross, the one who gave His life so that we could be set free eternally. On this day, it says, something happened. In the book of Acts, we read, something happened that was so strange and yet so amazing and wonderful that people could not understand what was going on. Some people thought they were drunk. They, they, they couldn't work out what was going on. They thought, this is weird. And you know, even today, sometimes when, when these kind of events happen, when the Holy Spirit moves in people's lives, they say, this is weird. What's going on? This is a bit strange. But when God's Spirit came upon the disciples... On the day of Pentecost, they're meeting in the upper room and it says the Holy Spirit came upon them and they began to speak in other tongues. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to declare God's goodness in this new language. And they began to speak the languages of the people that were there in the city and, and people saying, what's going on? This is, this is amazing. This is weird. And Peter says, no, we're not drunk. God has done what he promised. He has promised in the prophet Joel that he would pour out his spirit and he has poured out his spirit upon us today. And then in, in 1 Corinthians, Paul goes on and, and teaches the Corinthians about the gifts of the Spirit and how the Holy Spirit works within us. He says that the Holy Spirit is, uh, there are gifts of the Spirit for everyone who comes to faith in Jesus Christ. He says to the Corinthians that we should desire the gifts of the Spirit to, to bless one another and be encouraged. He says in a church gathering, though, he, would des he desires to encourage them to to, do, to desire the gifts of the Spirit that would build up and encourage everyone in the gathering there. That, then in verse 18, Paul says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you, but in a church meeting I would rather speak five understandable words. In verse 14 he says, for, I pray in tongues, for If I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. In verse 4 of uh, 1 Corinthians, he says, uh, a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, or other translations say they edify themselves, they get built up by speaking in tongues. But one who prophesies strengthens the whole church. And as a church, we, we, as we come together, we want to speak words of life to one another. We want to encourage and bless one another. That's why we, we have times during our service where we, we stop, we pause, we allow a word of prophecy to be spoken. But we also have times where people can just pray quietly in, in, in the Spirit, and they pray in tongues, and, and it's a time just to, to build ourselves up as we come together and as we worship God. And sometimes there's an interpretation of tongues, and it, it blesses the whole church. But I just want to say, if you're new here today, if you're here with us for the first time, or maybe if you've grown up in a church that kind of the gifts of the Spirit weren't talked about that much, this probably sounds a little weird. 
I want to be totally honest and say that uh, when I first came to a church that, uh, that talked about the gift of the Spirit and people spoke in tongues, I thought it was pretty weird. But I kind of thought, well, these people are pretty cool. They, 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 they love me. They, they seem all right. I kept coming. And although it seems so strange, I, I didn't understand why would God give us this language that we don't understand. As I began to continue to come to church and, and be taught about the things of God, I came to a point in my life where I said, God, if this is something you want for me, then I want it. God, I want this if this is what you have for me. And as I began to pray that prayer uh, over the coming days, it might have been a couple of weeks even, God filled me with his Holy Spirit. He, I began to speak in that new tongues. I was actually on an oval in Warnable, an athletics carnival, just praying and saying, God, strengthen me, encourage me, and began to speak in other tongues. And, and uh, you know, I felt so built up, so, so filled with courage. I didn't win the race that day, but that didn't matter at all. Um, I was probably disappointed, but God had filled me with his Holy Spirit. It's the most amazing thing that God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, would want to come and live inside of us, that he would fill us with his Holy Spirit, that he would empower us to live for his glory. And ever, ever since that day, I've been so blessed to be able to just, when I don't know what to pray for, just begin to speak in tongues, just begin to pray to God in my, my heavenly language that he's given me. And it's an encouragement, it's a blessing to be able to do that, just to speak it out and pray whenever we don't know what to pray, or just to, to edify ourselves and get built up in God. To be honest, though, if you have not experienced that, that uh, gift of speaking in tongues, you, you, I, I totally understand if you don't understand it, you don't get it, it doesn't make sense to you. But what I want you to know is that God wants you to have this gift God wants you to be filled with His Holy Spirit. Not just once, not just one time on one day, but God wants to fill you with His Holy Spirit day by day by day. As Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5, he says, We don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord. We ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. You know, God gives us the Holy Spirit to empower us to serve. It's, it's to enable us to be his witnesses, to be his hands and feet on the earth. God gives us his spirit. He fills us so that we could bless and, and show his love to the world around us. He goes on in verse 6. Let's just read it again from verse 6. It says, For God who said, Let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, we're, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, we're hunted down, we get knocked down, but we are not destroyed, he says. And verse 10, through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. God wants you to know his love for you. He wants you to know also, though, the power of his Holy Spirit to fill and use you for his glory. We are like fragile clay jars. We're cracked, we're broken. We are so vulnerable and fragile. 
But God wants you to not be afraid and to be filled with power of the Holy Spirit. God loves you and he wants this to be your experience day by day by day. He says, I want you to know the glory of God. And we don't want to just have this as a a one-off experience. We don't want to just uh, have this as a one-off event. But as you read through the book of Acts, those disciples who were there on the day of Pentecost, it says, just a few chapters later, it says, again, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And a few chapters later again, it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, it's it's an ongoing experience day by day to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He gives us His Spirit and we, we live and we do life led by the Holy Spirit. But day by day, we need to be filled again, refreshed again, and refreshed again. And I'm going to say, even as I prepared this message over this last week or two, I've been so blessed as I've been encouraged myself just to begin to stop and, and pray in tongues, to speak in tongues and just to, to be with God and enjoy Him, to just let His Spirit build me up and encourage me. And it's been such a blessing to me. Because if I'm really honest, sometimes I, I, I get stuck in my humanness. We, we, we are human beings and we so easily get caught up in the things that we think we can do. We try and do things, we try and be things for God. But it's His Holy Spirit inside of us that moves and touches people's lives. You know, in Proverbs it says, The human heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. And we can be so quick to forget God's gifts of forgiveness and mercy and grace, His undeserved kindness and His gift of the Holy Spirit. I remember when I was over in the Philippines and uh, I drank a lot of bottled water in the Philippines, um, just drinking it constantly. In fact, as I was, uh, just this week I was looking at some photos of, of summer uh, here in Australia uh, just looking at some photos and remembering summer and thinking, wow, I love summer. Do you remember those days when you went outside in the sunshine and the sun came down and you felt its warmth and the, the sun goes behind a cloud and the air was still warm? Like, I love the sunshine, it's amazing. But anyway, the Philippines is a hot place and I drank a lot of, a lot of bottled water and uh, we, we bought water and sometimes we'd fill our bottles up with, with uh, other water that we had there. And one day as I, as I took my bottle, I remember so clearly as I, as I went to fill up my bottle of water one day, I, as I took the lid off to fill it with water, it was just like God said to me, Andrew, I want to fill you, but first you've got to take the lid off. It was like he was saying, Andrew, I want to fill you with my Holy Spirit. I want to day by day fill you and empower you and encourage you, but first you've got to take the lid off. You've got to invite me in. You've got to inv- make the invitation. I want you to stop and be still and invite me in to your life, Andrew. And I believe that's God's desire for us today, for each one of you watching at home today, that God wants you. He's inviting you to take the lid off and say, God, here I am. Fill me anew with your Holy Spirit. Maybe, you're, maybe you've never even fully understood who Jesus is, but today you're saying, well, I want this, whatever this is. I don't fully understand it, but I just know in my heart that I need this. God says, if you put your trust in Jesus Christ, if you turn away from your sin, you say, God, I am sorry for the things that I've done, and turn to Him, you are forgiven, and your name is written in the book of life. It's that simple, to turn to God and and say, God, I'm not living for myself anymore. I want to live for you. And then the Bible tells us that he, he wants to fill us with His Holy Spirit. And that's God's desire for you today. He wants you to ask Him. He wants you to come to Him and say, Lord, fill me today. 
Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me. Encourage me. Let me be built up by this Spirit that you've sent to us. You know, the Holy Spirit is not just a thing either. It's, it's the, the, the Spirit of God. God, God is th- three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And God himself wants to come and live inside of you, to empower you to live for his glory. Just before we finish today, I was chatting with Rochelle the other day about, uh, she's been reading through Exodus and reading some uh, material about Exodus and we're just talking about how how Moses, in the book of Exodus, you know, we we did a series on Exodus uh, last year, how Moses, they've, they've gone through the Red Sea, they've uh, gone into the wilderness before they go to the promised land and Moses has gone up the mountain and he's, God's been speaking to them and uh, God's been speaking to Moses and then Aaron gets invited to come up and, and not all the way up but to hear the voice of God and Aaron is just blown away and, and, and you just get the sense that Moses and Aaron are just so in awe of this God. They're so aware of his love, they're so aware of his power and then there's this moment in, in uh, Exodus 20 when God begins to speak and, and the, all of Israel is invited to come up to the foot of the mountain and they see the lightning and they see the, the, the thundering and the, they hear the thunder and, and they're just so in awe and in fear of this God. They're, they're blown away by who God is. And to be honest, I think they freak out. They're sort of like, whoa, this is too much for us. God, you speak to Moses and Aaron, we'll go and wait over there. And Moses sort of says to them, guys, God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak to you so that you might know him and follow him and obey him. But the people of Israel, they they back off and they say, no, 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 Moses and Aaron, you speak to God and then you tell us what he's saying. Verse 18 says that they stood at a distance and it didn't go well for them. We know that over the coming chapters and we read in Numbers uh, 14, how when Caleb and Joshua go and explore the promised land and they come back and the people say, no, no, we're not going. And God says, none of you will enter the promised land. Your descendants will go in, but not one of you except Caleb and, and uh, jo- Joshua will enter the promised land. It did not go well for them. And I just wonder in that moment when God is speaking to his people, Instead of standing at a distance, if they had have heard the voice of God, if they had have stayed and just listened and, and, and stayed in that presence of God a little longer, if maybe, just maybe, they would have followed his commands a little closer. Today, I want to encourage you that God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak to you. And I want to encourage you today, do not just step back and stand at a distance. Don't just be a spectator to the things that God is saying and doing today. I want to encourage you to step forward and say, God, I am not worthy, but Lord, have your way in me. God, I don't understand it. I don't fully understand the things that you're doing, but God, use me. I just want to encourage you to to surrender again today and say, Lord, I'm taking the lid off. Please fill me again with your Holy Spirit. Day by day, just to to wake up in the morning and say, God, here I am. Have your way in me. He wants to fill you. Jesus died on the cross for you, not just so you could be forgiven, but so you could be filled, so that God's glorious presence could come and not just live inside of you, but fill you day by day with his Holy Spirit. 
You know, Jesus said to the disciples, do not leave this place. Do not leave Jerusalem until you have received the gift the Father has promised. Until you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you today to ask him to not leave this place without saying, Lord, fill me, touch me, move in my life. Because God has the most amazing gift for you, and that's for his spirit to live inside of you, to fill you, to empower you, to live for his glory. In a moment, we're going to take communion together. But first, we're going to listen to a song called, the first line is, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. And I want to encourage you to make that your prayer today, as we prepare ourselves for communion, to say, Lord, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And maybe wherever you are today, maybe you've got visitors in your home, maybe you've got other family there with you, but I just want to encourage you not to look around the room and see what other people are doing, but just close your eyes this morning as you listen to this song. Maybe someone in the room needs to go and find the the things for communion, but I just want to encourage you just to close your eyes and say, Lord, I am here today. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Please come, please fill my life. Give me, give me everything you have for me, Lord, so that I could live this life for your glory. You know, this song is a, a blessing to us from uh, some great friends at uh, Calvary Church up in the Gold Coast. Uh, Lisey, I spoke to earlier on in the coronavirus times and said, hey, would you mind if we, we uh, use some of your songs through this time? We haven't used any, but just through the week, uh, the guys at Calvary did this song and I just really believe as we, as we just focus on God, as we invite Him, that He's going to so bless us as we just look to Him. You know, God is a good God, and He, he does, not, does not resist you coming. It's not, it's not pr- prideful to come to Him and say, God, Lord, give us this thing that You've promised. He desires that you would come to Him and say, Lord, fill me. Let's just prepare our hearts now. And just ask God to move in us as we prepare ourselves for communion together. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. God, today we, we surrender to you, Lord God. We open the lid and say, Lord, have your way in us. Lord, let us experience the glory of your goodness, the glory of your presence. Lord Jesus, we just thank you that you gave your life on the cross for us to be set free from the power of sin, but not just set free, but to be filled with the power of your Holy Spirit. And God, today as we prepare ourselves to take communion today, Lord, we we just say thank you, God, so much for your gift of forgiveness, of eternal life through Jesus Christ. And God, we say, Lord, today, Lord, we surrender to you, God. Have your way in us. Lord Jesus, we don't want to just be people who who say we trust in you and do our own thing, but God, we want to be filled with your spirit. We want to be for your glory. We want to know your glorious power in our lives, that people might see and know your love through us. For your glory, we pray, Lord. Lord, today we thank you. We praise you for all that you've done. And we just ask, Lord, that you would have your way in us day by day. We are so grateful, Lord, for all that you've done for us. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Let's eat and drink today, church, and, and, and celebrate, remember what he has made possible for us through his death, his resurrection, and his pouring out of his spirit upon us today. Let's eat and drink together.
Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, we surrender to you today. Lord, we ask that you would have your way in us, not just today, but every day, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, as we rise each morning, that we would just surrender again and say, Lord, as our feet touch the ground, Lord, let every step be for your glory. Let every step be led by you. Let every step, every word we speak, Lord, be words and steps that are directed by you, Lord God, we pray. Let us not just slip back into the living, the natural life in our own wisdom, Lord, but be led by your Spirit day by day, moment by moment. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. I just want to say thank you so much again for joining with us today, that we could be together for this service. And uh, I just want to say, if, if any of you do need help right now, maybe you're struggling, maybe there's something going on in your life, maybe you have questions about some of the things that have been talked about today, please let us know. Make a phone call. Uh, you can say something in the chat there beside us or click on the, the connect card or the pray for me button there. Please don't go away today without making contact with someone. If you need help or support, please reach out to us. Let us come alongside you and be that encouragement right now. Tonight at 8pm again, I just want to remind you to, if you can, join us for The Chosen as we look at Jesus and think about his life together. But right now, I just want to invite you, maybe you've got family visiting today, maybe you've got friends over or kids that are needing, needing lunch soon, but I just want to invite you to just linger a little longer today. I want to invite you to, to just, if you can, to just stay here with us for a moment as we just put some, another song or two is going to play. I just want to invite you to, to just be still and let God minister to you today. Maybe you just want to speak in tongues and, or just, just sit and be still before God. But I believe God wants to minister to people here today. And don't leave this place. Don't just move on and forget about what God's saying. Just to be still in His presence. Maybe if you, some of you are feeling a little bit empty and you just want to just be still and let God fill you again. I just want to encourage you to invite Him in. To just be still and, and, and say, God, have your way in me. Maybe there's, if there's other, others you're gathered with today, you can just turn to the people around the room and just say, hey, is there anyone who wants prayer? Is there anyone who's struggling here? Is there anyone that we can pray for here today? If you're, if you're a visitor in someone's home or maybe if you're, you're new listening to this message, that, that might sound a bit weird, but we just want to be an encouragement to one another. Don't be, don't be afraid to, to pray. Don't be afraid to share the struggles that you're going through. We want to be the church together, and I invite you to, to be a part of that right now. I just want to read verse 16 to 18 before we have that time together and we finish our service together. Verse 16, it says, That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a, a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Let's just spend this time as, as you need to. If you need to go, please feel free to do that. But if you'd like to, let's just linger a little longer as we worship our God and Saviour and just ask Him to speak to us today. God bless. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time.